And we're back with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the weekly podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson. I'm the prevention coordinator for the agency. And we are taking the mobile studio out on the road again uh, for this episode. We're in Nacogdoches today at the Brown Family Health Center. And I am speaking with Gary Roberts, uh, who's with Brown Family Health. And uh, I've been wanting to talk to Gary for for a little while, uh, just about what uh, he does with Brown Family Health. Uh, Gary, first of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. And uh, Gary and I kind of a lot of times uh, are in the same circles in the community. Yes. Uh, as far as um, tabling events and, and and health events and things like that, and I really admire what Gary does, and I I just wanted to take some time to talk to Gary about uh, what he does again with Brown Family Health and uh, how it kind of relates to the work we do at the Family Crisis Center, which I think yes. a lot of times it goes yeah, together. Yes, yes, it, it kind of runs parallel. Yeah. Um, so, Gary, first of all, let's just kind of start out broad. Uh, what is? Do you have an official title with the with Brown Family Health, and what do you what do you do? It seems like you do so much. Well, I have several titles, <laughs> uh, but um, my main one is Director of Community Mobilization. Also, I'm the Director of uh, Condom Distribution. I'm Building Operations Manager. I'm Garden Manager, and I'm also a certified flubotomist. So I have pretty much five titles, and just overall, well, <laughs> in, in in a nutshell, no, I'm the yes man. Yeah, I got to do what I got. Whatever needs to be done, I got to do it. It's so interesting. All those, all of those um, titles that that you named are so diverse. Yes, you know, are. I yes, mean, it's are. such it's such a wide thing, and we'll and we'll get to a lot of those. Um, and so. I know a lot of times we work work in the same circles when it comes to uh, healthy relationships, and you really uh, one of the things you do talk about a lot is about sexually transmitted diseases. Right, right. Uh, especially, I, I've seen your discussions on college, like at SFA yes. on college campuses, uh, regarding that topic. And you're very blunt in your presentation. Yes, yeah. Uh, which I think is good, and I, I think especially. When you talk about this, well, in the community, but especially to college students, yes. you need to tell them like it is. Yes. And what do you talk about? What, I mean, you say, hey, Gary, we want you to talk to our group uh, about um, STDs. What, what, is exa- what exactly is your approach to that? Well, my approach, when, when people ask me or call me to do a presentation about HIV, STDs, um, uh, I just want to just put it out there plain, as you said, because mm-hmm. a lot of people need to know the facts. There's a lot of misnomers. There are a lot of myths floating around about um, HIV, STDs, and we just gotta we just gotta give them the the true hard facts about mm-hmm. what all this is. Um, like you said, I'm I'm very blunt about what I do because as human beings, we're visual learners. And when you see something that's before you, and I and I, I try to find during my presentations, I want them to be in your face, in your face. These pictures, these. Well, I was gonna say pictures, now, yeah. your pictures aren't for the faint of heart, right? No, no. I'll, we'll just put it yes. like that. No, right? they're 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 pretty out there because they're again, you remember it when you see it. 
Right. Yeah. And sure. I've had people who, when I do presentations, I've done presentations and people you know four or five years ago I did presentations for. And when they see me somewhere, they ask me, okay, I remember that presentation. So that, that long ago and you still remember it? So there again, it stuck. Yeah. It stuck because there again, when you see HIV up close, when you see STDs up close, you know, that, that does something to you. It registers in your brain. Okay, this, I can get this. And, but yet there again, in the United States, every nine and a half minutes, somebody's newly infected with the HIV virus, which does call AIDS causes AIDS. Sure. And of course, you talk about a wide variety of sexually transmitted diseases, but it, just from hearing you in the past and even hearing you right now, you really, it sounds like you really have a heart uh, to educate people about HIV. Yes. That seems to be your yes big, yeah, your I, big thing. Yeah, I've you, been doing this now for over, no, over 19 years. And I, I've seen, I, live, I tell people all the time, I live in a world of HIV because of what I do. Um, being a phlebotomist, you know, um, when my, when my, um, when I uncap that needle and get ready to stick it in somebody's arm, my risk goes through the roof. Uh, I run a risk of being stuck with that needle, but when I, un when I draw their blood and put that cap back on that needle and put in the, put it in the bio box, my risk goes away. But there again, there are so many people who are being infected with HIV. And so my, I've done, like I said, I've been doing this 19 years. I've had to tell 19 people that they were HIV positive. And that sticks with you because, there again, you're telling something, you know, telling someone something that changes their life. Sure. Yeah, and I, I really take it serious, but I, I try to approach it in a practical way. I try to uh, approach it in, like you said, in your face type of way because mm -hmm. I want this to stick. I want this information to stick. No, not only SFA campuses, but I do uh, alcohol and drug abuse council. I do youth and presentations to the in the community to youth, wherever I can get an audience. Because there again, HIV is a 30-year-old plus preventable disease, but yet every no, it's still out there. People are still getting infected with it. Well, and that's one of the things I was wanting to talk to you about. I remember. You know, when we first started hearing about AIDS and HIV, I guess in the mid-80s, mm -hmm. it was such a big, it was so alarming, and it was such a big national scare. And it seems like now it's not in the spotlight, and it's not on the right. forefront as it used to be. And is why is that? I mean, is that because... Are strides, are advances that may, are advances that uh, prevalent now in to combat AIDS, or are we so used to it that it's just not as big of a deal as it used to be to a lot of people? Well, because of, of what is happening over the years, advancements in meds, uh, as you said, it's, it's not in the limelight as it once was back in the 80s. When this first came out, they called it GRID, uh, Gay-Related Immune Disease. And they was find, seeing that it was uh, mostly gay men uh, who were being infected with this virus. Right. But somehow, somehow down the road, it jumped to the heterosexual population. And that's when it really took off. Because back then, people were dropping like flies. And they sure. had to I mean, take it was pretty all much a death sentence right. if you had AIDS. Yeah. That was it. And then you had to take all these meds, all these pills. You know, you had to, a person with, with grid back then, they were taking 50 to 100 pills every day. 
And that was a huge pill burden. And a lot of people just couldn't stomach it. You had to take this pill for this side effect and so on and so on. So it was just a huge pill burden and people were dying. Yeah. Because of all the medication and, and people not knowing what it was. And so that's why it's, uh, and there again, now, you know, we've gotten it due to advancements in meds. People are taking one to two pills a day and they're doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's not a death sentence as it once was. Sure. Sure. So I know when I talk to students about uh, sexual assault prevention topics, let's say we talk to them about consent and, and healthy relationships and and things like that. A lot of them seem like they're just a little uncomfortable, especially when we, when I talk to students about consent. You know, you kind of feel like the eyes are rolling, you know, because we tell them like you got to cons- get consent before mm-hmm. you do any, every step of the way right. in a sexual relationship or a sexual act. You know, get consent every step of the way. You know, and I f- I feel like some students are like. Yeah, whatever. How do students react when you talk to them about STDs and the dangers that are out there and the importance of using a condom and mm-hmm. things like that? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I really try to get them to understand is there is consequences to every action. If you're going to lay down with someone and you don't know the history or if you're not using a condom, you run the risk of getting infected with something that will be with you for the rest of your life, especially when it comes to HIV. Another STD that people are getting is herpes. There's no cure for that. But a lot of the other ones, there, is, there are cures for chlamydia, gonorrhea, uh, uh, syphilis. Uh, there's treatment for it. But once you get syphilis, it will always be in your body. And so these are things that we're trying to get them to understand the consequences of your actions. And even if something like that, you say it's in, it's in the, the body for the rest of your life. And even if it's under control and you're able to lead a somewhat normal life, I think it's important for young people to know down the road, let's say you find someone you want to get married and you yes. want to have yes. settle down and have a family. That's something you need to you need tell to be, them about. Yes, you, you need to come to, clean about. You need to be talking with them. You know, Especially if there's someone, someone that you, um, you have a, a possibility of you want to spend the rest of your life with. Exactly. It's all about communication. Yeah, yeah. So what's, how is it in East Texas? You know, uh, we think about metropolitan areas and the problem with STDs and AIDS and, and, and things like that. I wonder sometimes if people think, you know, out here in, in, in rural East Texas, yes. where we're at, it's probably not as big of a concern. Right. And that's some of the things that we hear all the time. Oh, that's a big city thing. That's something yep. that happens in Houston, Dallas. But no, that's right. That's HIV, other STDs are right here in our back door of deep East Texas. Right. And so people are getting, um, because of, you know, people have that, that stigma, and that's another thing that people are having to deal with, stigma. Uh, if, I, if I have this, people don't want to be around me, or you can get it. They don't know how you really get it. But there again, you know, it's, it's so important that you educate yourself. Sure, sure. It's so important. So a question I had is, you hear, the ter- you hear STD, and then I've also heard, I think probably you talk also about STI, mm-hmm. sexually transmitted diseases, sexually transmitted infections. 
Are those terms that are they used interchangeably? Is there a difference in your line of work when you talk about the difference between STDs and STIs? Uh, they're they're pretty much used in the same content, but there is a difference between an STI and versus an STD. An STI is an infection, sexually transmitted infection. That is something. That's the first step to being infected with a, a disease, like let's say uh, pelvic inflammatory disease. Well, not, yeah, human papillomavirus. Let's do that one. Okay. Uh, that is that's an infection at, in the beginning, but if you um, like I said, HPV is causes cervical cancer. You know, and, and mostly in women. So there again, it, is, it starts out as an infection. It, it progresses into a disease. Okay. That's the difference. It's the first step of becoming a disease. Right, right. Uh, one of the things that you've talked, that you mentioned maybe a couple of years ago that has stuck with me forever is maybe, and you said this was a trend, I don't know how it is now, uh, and it, it probably hit people have good intentions with this, trying to find a safer means for sex or sa safer sex. Mm -hmm. And I remember you talking to students. We were at SFA, Stephen F. Austin State University, talking, I don't know if it was to the fraternity members or, or what, and you were talking about seeing people come in with sexually transmitted infections in their armpits. Mm -hmm. And I try my best, Gary, because I know this is a serious thing, and I try not to laugh about it. But you were talking about some people as what they were thinking was a safer thing to do, having armpit sex. Arm, armpit yeah. sex, armpit okay, sex. and we'll just leave it at that. But then a lot of people were then coming up with these um, infections mm -hmm. in their armpits. Right, yes. Uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, because there again, you get these uh, sexually transmitted infections by, you know, unprotected behavior, well, unsafe behaviors, we'll put it that way. And and when you're having, uh, say, um, when you, if you get like syphilis, you know, syphilis is a, a spiral keyed bacteria. The blisters that people get in the first stages of 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 syphilis, this disease, that that liquid is full of what we call spirochete bacteria. If it gets on your hand, gets on your arm, wherever it, it it's on you on your body, that's where it will literally bore its way into your skin. So if you have an unprotected armpit sex and that blister breaks on a penis, um, that's where it's going to enter the body. And I guess it's it's important, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be the first one to say. I always kind of chuckle and kind of giggle a little bit when we talk about this. But I think it's an important thing to say because I think people are well-intentioned. Well, it'll be safe. We'll do yeah. this and it'll be safe. But in reality, you can still pass that infection yes, on yes, and no matter what part of the body. It doesn't right. have to be the genitals. Right, right. Um, I want to move on because I know also in, you know, when we're at interagency meetings and things like that, uh, you always uh, talk about uh, your work with um, area prostitutes. Yes, that you uh, you work with them. Tell I'll, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about what you do um, working with the prostitutes in okay. East Texas. Um, back in 2013, you know, uh, God gave me the idea 
of going out into the community after dark, after hours, and just talking with prostitutes, sex workers as we call them, better term. Okay. Um, and, and I started doing this because, there again, when they see me, what do they see me as? Another John, another trick. But I, I went out with the, with the, the notion or the, the, the drive or determination of being just someone that you can, uh, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to have sex with you. I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your overall health. No little girl says when I'm four or five years old, I'm going to grow up and be a prostitute. Right. You know, situations, circumstances, they uh, happen and they find themselves there. You know, the only commodity they have going for them is their body. So I can make money selling my body. So, but we just try to let them know that you're better than that. You know, you're more than that. Into the whole, in the whole scheme of things, you're important to us. And that's something that right here in rural East Texas, we don't have, you know, a lot of people are not really working with that population. So we have, uh, when I first started it, uh, I just call it, for lack of a better term, the ladies' program. Uh, so, and I had some, some ladies, some interns, we were in this table, at this table. I asked, I need a name for this. And so they came up with the love projects. The love, those letters, they broke them down. Ladies of vital essence. They matter. And the whole scheme of things, everybody matters. And so we just want to let them know that you're important. We want to help you. We want to get you out of that situation, but we're not you know, here to push you. We just want to be a place, uh, you know, people that you can come and talk to when you're ready. You know, I tell them all the time, I'm not the popo. I'm here to help you. I want to, I want to, I want to love you. I want to love you where you are. And I've had the opportunity to, to pray with them in the streets. I've had the opportunity to just love on them. We give them backpacks. Uh, we have a big referral system set up. Um, you know, just trying to help them. So when you first approach them, what is their, when they realize, okay, you're not a customer, what, what is their attitude towards you or their reaction? Well, it, it takes time to build a rapport. First time they say, yeah, right. Okay. Who are you? But then I keep coming back, being persistent. Uh, and then over time, when we develop that rapport, you know, they, they knew who I am. Uh, and I've had several people, even in the community, uh, with some of the guys in the community, you know, y'all know Mr. Geary having sex with y'all. And they, they come to my aid. And I don't have to say anything. I laugh about it. Because, there again, they tell Mr. Geary has never been out of, way, out of the way with me in any matter, manner. Um, and I'm just a man that, you know, I'm coming correct. I have a wife. And I tell people all the time, I just can't handle my wife. I don't need another woman. <laughs> so, but there again, it just makes them at ease with me. Yeah. And I thank God for that, you know, that, that, um, just me. I'm just geared. Sure. You know, and I want to help them so bad. Uh, well, it sounds like it's also just as much of a ministry for yes, you it as there it you is, uh, uh, offering them medical services do you offer the medical services yes, we, we get we try to get them tested on a regular basis okay uh there again we provide them with condoms we provide them with education whatever they need where they are okay you now if it's just somebody to talk to yeah we listen so again uh we're here at the uh, at the brown family health center so you you Work with patients with S with HIV testing and STD testing and treatments. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you have the ministry with the prostitutes uh, here. Is, sex workers. Excuse me. I'm, yeah. The sex workers. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think what sounds better, but I know I, I, I understand what you're saying. And as we speak right now, we're in, we're in your conference room, and I'm looking out the window here to the, the back of the clinic, and there's a full-on garden, vegetable garden that you yes. have mm-hmm. back here. Um, let's just talk a little bit about that. Why is there a vegetable garden at the back of uh, the health clinic here? Uh, a former uh, executive director uh, came to me one one Monday and asked me what I did over the weekend. I told her I worked in my garden at home. Uh, and we got to talking about it. She was asking me what I had. And, and then all of a sudden she said, well, I think we can do that here. So before I knew it, my mind got the run- running. And what you see out here mostly is what I have in my backyard. Okay. Yeah, uh, we have 31 raised beds back here. We have all types of vegetables. Uh, we're in the process of putting in a hydroponics wall where we're going to be growing strawberries with no soil. Uh, we have a gazebo out there with deck. Uh, we were looking uh, last year before COVID, we were looking at having praise in the garden. We're going to be coming in, uh, having some singers come out, and we're going to have some church in the backyard. <laughs> um, man, it's just a, we call it our serenity garden, uh, just a place where our clients can go, um, our family members, we put it that way can go before or after their appointments when they come here and just relax. We got two water features out there. We got bird feeders. We got squirrel feeders. Well, people can just come and relax or sit out in the gazebo. We got a hammock out there just to sit and listen to the water. Yeah. I mean, just we got a fire pit out there where we can roast some marshmallows and just relax. So all these all these vegetables. What do you do? With, what do you do with the bounty of the garden? Well, we give it away. We give okay. it away to our clientele. We ha- okay. we have them to go out and pick it, uh, because there again, that's all a, that's that's all about a part of a therapeutic process. Sure, uh, going out there, picking vegetables, picking uh, uh, banana peppers, you know, tomatoes, strawberries, and various things. Yeah, and just having lunch. You know, my colleagues go out and have lunch out there on a deck, and just just a place to come and relax. It's very and, nice, and it, you know, you know, really get off into nature. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, what what made you? What's your background? What are you from? East Texas. I was born and raised right here in Nacogdoches. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what made you decide uh, to pursue this? line of work that you're in doing what you do how did you get here <laughs> it was well my my goal was to uh go to devry which i did but due to some family issues i had to come back okay um um, um I, I got a job as a youth specialist with the nacogdoches community coalition back then in the 90s and um, that came through. Then this opportunity came up here with, at the time, it was known as Health Horizons. Okay. Um, and I, I was able to get the job, and I became a prevention case manager. And, and, and my, my background and, and my passion is helping people, encouraging people, being a, you know, just a, you know, not say a life coach, but just an encourager. Know that you know you can do this no matter what you know, you, the situation that you're in now. You don't have to stay there, and so that just being by me being a people person, that's what you know. That's that's what I do. 
This, like you said, this is my. This is more than just my job. This is my ministry, and I love being around my colleagues. I love being out in the community doing the work. Sure. I mean, a lot of times I'm dog tired by by Friday. Yeah. I'm on fume, but you know, just and looking back, and you know, it's worth it. You know, and and just having a job and being blessed to be in a position that I am to do what I do. Um, and not have all these strings attached, all these restrictions. Yeah, I know my boundaries. I have to have that boundary. But being out, being able to go out and talk with somebody on the street and let them know, no, one, God loves you. We love you. You matter. Because there again, we live in a society where so many things are, are just oh, chaotic. And, and, but one of the things that I really try to um, just show love. Just to show love to people, because when you show love to people, it you no, know, it matters not the color of your skin. It just you know who you are. We're all in this thing together, and if we just love one another as human beings, this world will be a bigger, a much better place. Awesome, Gary Roberts. Thank you, thank you. for taking some time. I appreciate that. Uh, Gary Roberts with the Brown Family Health Center. Gary, again, is the director. We'll just use one title. We'll say director of community mobilization. There you go. That that's sounds okay. that yeah, sounds like cool. it kind of encompasses. Yeah. But again, uh, it's just a title. Everything. <laughs> right. Uh, so again, thank you, Gary, very much. This has been Conversations and Connections. If you have a question or comment that you'd like to leave us, we do have our email at Conversations and Connections at fccet.com and also if you feel like you need our services if you need the family crisis center for any reason we do have a 24-hour day seven day a week hotline that number is 1-800-828-7233 and i want to ask you if you enjoyed the podcast please give us a subscribe uh, via spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice we would appreciate that and remember as always Be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.